Good morning. Man, that got me again, Scott. Like, um, <clears throat> Scott's right. He sent me that email, and uh, I wrote him back, and I tried to keep it within 40 songs that were my favorites at Christmas. Uh, this is my favorite time of year, and I, I love the music. And one of the ones I included, I just threw in there, because it's true, it is one of my absolute favorite songs at Christmas time, and I never get to hear it sung because, I don't know, it's pretty difficult to sing, and that's P.A. Yesu, and so I just wrote that in there, just kind of like, oh, and by the way, this one too, you know, not really expecting to hear it, and uh, this, this morning at 8.15 when it was played, I just, I couldn't help it. Uh, it just overwhelmed me, and it did again. Stacy and Cameron, y'all are just out of this world. Oh. So good. Oh, man, well, it is good to be with you uh, this morning. If we haven't met before, what took you so long? <laughs> it's been 12 years. You've had plenty of time, but that's okay. Better late than never. There's no time like the present. Uh, uh, I'd love the opportunity, truly, to, to meet you today if we haven't already. My name is Johnny. And I have served as one of your pastors here at First Methodist Mansfield. So glad to be in worship with you on this, on this big weekend. And uh, it's a big weekend because it marks the beginning of a brand new season in our homes, in our stores, in our hearts. Uh, it's the Christmas season. Uh, we see it all over our church as well. For many of, this, many of us, this season is marked by decking the halls, right? We, we decorate things. We bring all the outside foliage and trees inside. We take all the lights from inside the house and put them on the house outside. We just kind of switch those and hang our socks over the, the fireplace. And uh, we, we search frantically and shop for that perfect Christmas gift to give those that we love the most. And in the church here, we mark the season by remembering and retelling the story of when God came near in Jesus, the, the birth of Jesus, and, and celebrating the greatest gift this world has ever known, Emmanuel, God is with us. We have hope, we have faith, we have grace, and we have love. And one of the ways that we do that here is through a, a teaching series. Each week we try to do a new teaching series to tell the story in, in a way that is familiar and also, and also new. And uh, the way that we're going to do that this year is through a series called The Perfect Gift, which sort of starts today. Each week of this series, we're going to be looking back at the story that started it all and, and thinking about and talking about ways in which we can give uh, the perfect gift to God and to each other this season and every season. So I hope you will make plans to be here. The following three weeks, uh, we'll have wonderful messages and amazing music like you've heard here uh, in each of our services. Uh, and, and I just hope you make this uh, a part of your plan for the holiday season as you seek to, to mark this season. So bring your family and your friends, your coworkers to come and, and be a part of that as well. This weekend also marks the beginning uh, of another new season, a new season in uh, mine and my family's life and ministry, uh, as this is my final weekend here at First Methodist Mansfield, and beginning January 1st, I will become the next senior pastor at Hutto Discovery United Methodist Church in Hutto, Texas.
Now, y'all can't be sneaking those things up on me now like that. <laughs> I'm like holding on like by a thread already. You can't be doing that. Oh. Whew. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we are so excited and so proud to be um, heading down that way and excited to find, find out how we're actually supposed to pronounce Hutto. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was Hutto, you know. Uh, but people have been pronouncing it Hutto as well, uh, really enunciating the T's. And they're like, well, it's, there's, it's a double T, Hutto. And I'm like, well, that's a lot of syllables that uh, us Texans, we like to condense those as much as possible. Plus, we don't say butter, you know, we say, <laughs> we change the T's to D's and we say butter. And now it's, and now it's Hutto. <laughs> I'm sure they'll tell me how it's supposed to be when we get down there. Uh, this truly is an exciting time for me and my family. Um, when we got the call uh, that it was going to be head of discovery where uh, we would be appointed next to, to serve and to grow. Uh, I had never been to Hutto, uh, but it's, the church's reputation preceded it. I had known all about it. I would heard so much about it. Um, it's for the past six years has been led uh, by um, one of the, a wonderful pastor, longtime friend. His name is Alan, and, and so I, I've heard much from him. But I've also seen that they've been continuously recognized by our annual conference for the dedication for their dedication to mission and service in their local community. <clears throat> and I am absolutely honored to have the opportunity to be a part of such a wonderful and, and amazing church. I'm so honored and thankful to get to follow in Alan's footsteps, the way in which he has loved and cared for that church, and the way in which that church has loved and cared for he and his family. And I'm honored to have the confidence and the trust of our bishop and the cabinet uh, to move into this new level of leadership at such a healthy and thriving and growing church with such great potential. It's a new adventure that my family and I are absolutely looking forward to. The many ways in which God is going to work to see what God has in store for us and for Hutto Discovery to minister to and with such a great congregation. But while we are uh, incredibly excited to be in this new season of our life and ministry, we also carry with us the pain and the sorrow of having to say goodbye to this amazing church family and this community that has been our home since we've been a family. And it's been my home for the past 12 years. 12 years is a long time. And so if you will bear with me, um, I'm sure this series will get started in earnest next week. But, um, but this, this week, I would just like to take this time to ramble a little bit about how great you are and how thankful I am to have been a part of this wonderful church family and the way in which my life has been changed because of it, and the perfect gift that comes from a faith community such as this, and the new life that springs out of it. So I've been serving here for 12 years. Uh, it's a long time, and you've grown up. You've changed a lot. I've seen a lot of newness uh, among you. This community has grown tremendously, uh, I must say. Many of you have seen that yourselves. It continues to grow and change every single day. I've been here 12 years now, which I think affords me the right to say back when I moved to Mansfield, 
right? That's a long enough time where I get to do that now. I know many of you uh, have, have longer time in Mansfield, but uh, I feel like now I get the right to say, like, when I moved to Mansfield, you know, there, were, there are two or three more high schools now than there used to be whenever, when I first moved here. I get, the, I get the opportunity to say that now, which is really great. And it's continuing to grow. We see it changing every day as you drive around. Uh, I remember when I first got here, my, first, my most fervent prayer, my most honest prayer was that one day, just one day, Mansfield would get a Chipotle. It was, it was, yes, it was just such a hassle to have to drive to Fort Worth or Arlington to get a burrito. Just, God, if we could have a Chipotle, that would be wonderful. And lo and behold, the prayer has been answered. The floodgates have been opened and blessing has poured out among this community. Now I just pray that Chipotle learns the meaning of the word queso because I'm not sure they do know what that means. <clears throat> Since I, I've been here, I've also seen this church almost double in size. And now I'm not saying those two things are correlated, but you can draw whatever conclusions you'd like <laughs> from that. It's been amazing to watch that growth, to see this sanctuary grow, to, to have been renovated and expanded, to add the atrium and, the, and these wings to accommodate that growth, to welcome in more and more people, to have restored and, and renovated the, uh, the chapel, which was the original sanctuary of this, of this campus here that we had turned into office spaces or had been turned into office spaces. I had nothing to do with it, but it was turned into office spaces. But then we kept growing and we, we uh, restored it. And now it's this beautiful space where we hold at least two worship services a week uh, in there and renovated and changed the youth space as well to make it uh, more exciting and meaningful for youth, but also so we could continue to grow and add services there. Uh, just to see that growth is amazing. Back when I came to Mansfield, this church only had like six Christmas Eve services. Now we have a million. <laughs> they started back in July, so you can just come whenever you want. <laughs> Celebrate Christmas Eve. We've expanded our, our missional outreach locally and, and globally. We've uh, grown in our commitment to discipleship and community through small groups and, and Sunday school classes. And the way in which the bonds and the love and the, and the faith and the life that is shared between you, the way those have grown over these years, it's just been tremendous for me to be a part of and to see. It's amazing to watch a church grow over that amount of time. But not all things have grown, though, if we're going to be honest and fair here. There's a few things that have shrunk over the years. Dr. Scott, for one. <laughs> you are a machine, man. Like, how many triathlons have you done now? A few. And modest and humble. Isn't that awesome? I love you, man. Pastor Mike, who's here, shrank a little bit too in the time. <laughs> Pastor David, Pastor Caesar, we've, I mean, this is good stuff. We've seen a lot of growth and, a, and you know, a lot of tightening up and it's, uh, I can only do that because I have a microphone and, and because this is my last Sunday, so. <laughs> Oh, I've also just been blessed to witness and participate in uh, a change that I've seen in many of you as individuals, as families, 
to be a part of that and, and to have the, the, the unique blessing and honor to be here for so long, uh, to serve in a place for, for 12 years. And in the Methodist church, that's quite rare, although it's quite normal around here to have people stay and stick around. It's such a, a wonderful church, but to have that opportunity to see. And what that affords me in that amount of time is to see generational change. To, to be a part of entire families' lives, children and parents and, and grandparents, and to watch children grow up to become parents and parents into grandparents. And, and it's just an amazing thing to be a part of, and I'm so blessed, and that is not lost on me. I've had the honor to be with uh, some of you in some of the most exciting times of your life. Through graduations and, and, and weddings and, and the birth or adoption of, uh, of children. I've also had the opportunity and the honor to be with you in some of the most troubling and, and heartbreaking times of your lives as we've sat together in, in hospital rooms and funeral homes and, and counseling sessions. And, and, and it's not lost on me how significant that is to be uh, an outsider invited into some of those most uh, tender and most vulnerable moments in people's lives and, and to be there. And I, and I thank you every day that I got to do that, that I got to be a part of your life and that you shared it with me. For many of you, I've been able to watch your faith sprout and, and blossom and, and to become new, to come to know in a very real and personal way the fullness of God's love and grace. Teenagers and adults alike finding hope and finding home in God through this very faith community. It never gets old to be a part of a starting point, our joining service, and, and see as people come up and, and profess their faith for the very first time to say, yes, I want to follow Christ. This is the way I want my life to go. And not just that, but I want to do that here with you. And to hear them make that profession of faith and to be baptized, it's, it's a powerful moment that I get to be a part of. And I've also uh, been invited to, to many moments when faith began to falter. Whether it was over a cup of coffee or late night conversations on a back porch somewhere that I've had the opportunity to walk alongside many of you. As you wrestled with the mysteries of God and the mystery of faith, I've witnessed as you faithfully embraced your doubt and your questions and continued to pursue the knowledge of God. And as you did, many of you founded this, this new faith, established this new faith that was, that was more substantial than you ever thought possible. And it's amazing to watch that transformation and to watch that change happen in many of you. And now as I look across the room and meet your eyes and see your faces, I can recall countless memories, stories of the way our lives have been intertwined over the years, the ways that we have shared life together the memories that we've made, the experiences that we've had. For many of you, it's your entire family that I've got to spend my life in ministry with. And 12 years is a long time to accumulate all of that. And every day I'm so thankful for that opportunity and that blessing and that honor. And I wish I could tell all of these stories. 
There's some really funny ones in there. I wish I could tell them all, but we don't have time. I'm running over as it is. So I want to tell just two of them that I think are sort of archetypal stories. They're stories that kind of represent all of the stories. They're stories that are, are not unique because they are true of many of you and, and they speak to the, the journey that many of you have, have gone on in faith and many of the experiences we have shared together. The first story is, uh, uh, is about Devin. I met Devin not long after arriving in Mansfield. She was a teenager in the youth program. She was there every single week. She went on every retreat and every mission trip. I practically got to watch her grow up. And it was fun to get to do that. I got to see her grow and, and she graduated, went off to school and got a job. She met her now husband, Wes. And I remember them getting married and, and getting to meet him for the first time and thinking, my goodness, like, who gets to be a part of people's lives like this, to see them so young, to grow into adults, to, to grow up and, and start their own life and to see the way in which God has shaped that life. And then two years ago, they welcomed their first child, a son named Sawyer, into the world. And just last week, right here on this very chancel at the 930 service, I got to stand with Wes and Devin and baptized their son Sawyer. And as I stood there and as I later reflected on that, I just thought, my God, like, what, what did I do to deserve that? To be invited into somebody's life in such a way. And, and what a blessing to, you know, in the moment, especially when people are in middle school, like you're not really sure how God's working in their life at the time. <laughs> or if. <laughs> but then you look back and you see how God's grace and love is at work all along, shaping them and loving them. And how, as I stood there and I looked out and I thought, how amazing that grace is that this young boy has no idea what is taking place right here, but that there's a commitment being made because of that faith because of the way this church has nurtured somebody like Devin to raise their son in a home filled with grace and love. And how Devin was raised in the faith by all of you. And now how cool is that, that in this very same place, she gets to bring her son to experience the same thing with many of the same people. It's amazing how God continues to work over time and having been here for that amount of time and getting to see that just is astounding to me. The second story is that several years ago, my wife and I were leading a Bible study on Tuesday nights. Now this was one of those like shoestring, we don't know what we're doing Bible studies where we barely get the doors unlocked for people to come in. And on Tuesday nights, we basically would sit up in those uh, couched areas and, and young adults would come and sit in a circle and I would basically bore them to death with my biblical nerdery. <laughs> I don't know why people kept coming. I think Holly is because she's so nice that they kept coming. But 
People did, and, uh, and, and it was a group that grew, uh, and, and it grew, uh, its bonds grew together. We did many things together, served in many ways, and, uh, and celebrated each other. We did mission trips, uh, and uh, we had uh, one guy in our group who was very vocal, talked a whole lot, um, and, uh, and uh, he talked a lot in the group, and he talked a lot outside the group as well. He was our biggest cheerleader. And he invited anybody and everybody to come. And uh, I remember one week he walks in, he had invited a couple people from his class uh, at TCC. And I think they're people that he knew previously uh, as well. He invited a couple of friends to come. And one of those people was a young woman named Lauren. Week after week, Lauren continued to come back. And I'm incredibly grateful she did. The way in which she contributed to that group, her insight and her depth of knowledge, her maturity, even at that young age, and, and uh, the questions she asked, the vulnerability she had, I was, I was amazed that she had that kind of insight. And I found out later she was a pastor's kid, and I was like, oh, well, that... <laughs> but still, there was something different about her there was something different about her, and I could see in her this, 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 this leadership quality, this ministry quality in her that doesn't come around a lot. And, and I tried my hardest to convince her to come and, uh, and to be on staff here, and she eventually agreed and uh, became an intern with the youth ministry in exchange for tea, cheese sandwiches, which is all that I could pay her at the time. And, <laughs> and then we fast forward to today. And now she goes by Pastor Lauren. And she's in her second year in seminary in the process for ordination in the United Methodist Church, sitting up here today in a robe and stole. <laughs> Engaged to be married and one of my very dearest friends. So proud of you. And I get to have a front row seat to the beginning of what is going to be a truly significant ministry career. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful every day for that. A lot has changed in 12 years. I've changed a little bit too. Just a little. It was 12 years ago when I got the call from Pastor David to come join him here uh, at First Methodist Mansfield. Uh, we had worked together previously at a church in Cleburne. And uh, uh, when he got appointed here and, and left Cleburne, it wasn't long before he called me, and I'm so thankful he did. I was waiting by my phone, but... I mean, really, it was a cell phone. The phone was waiting with me, but it was... I, I waited for that call. I, I said yes, and I couldn't wait to get up here and continue to do ministry with him. I first arrived here in Mansfield, 23 years old, long shaggy hair, camo shorts, tattoos, a lip ring. <laughs> I'm not sure I could grow a beard back then, and I barely can now, but, but here we are. 12 years later, I've kept every single name tag from the eight different job titles that I've had here. <laughs> I brought them. I, I know you all are curious. <laughs> Look how tiny they used to be. 
Now they're this big. They eventually just started putting pastor on there. They just quit changing the, the titles. And so, but it's been an amazing journey. My life has changed in so many ways. Uh, I'm now 35 years old. I still have the tattoos and the camo shorts, no matter how hard Holly tries to get rid of them. <laughs> I have them. I cut the hair, ditched the lip ring. But I've also grown in so many other ways as well. It's right here with, with you in this church that I became a husband. I became a pastor. I became a father. I've literally grown up here with all of you. It was seven years ago, right over there in the chapel, that I stood uh, with Pastor David and, and next to the most beautiful woman in the entire world. And I was surrounded by family and friends. I got to say I do and become truly the luckiest man on earth. And it was right here that we grew together in our marriage that I got to learn and grow from your example of what it means to be a faithful husband. And I'm, lessons I'm still learning today. And it was right here where I got to see Holly hear her call to ministry, watch her embrace that, step out in faith and grow and, and to see many of you embrace her and encourage her as she gave her amazing gift in leading us in worship. It was right here that I got to stand with you and be led in worship by her. Those are things that can't ever happen again because they only happened for the first time once and that was here. It was in that same chapel that you all voted to affirm my call to ministry, which allowed me to enter into the process of becoming a pastor. So if things go terribly wrong at Hutto, I'm going to encourage them to call y'all. Because <laughs> this is kind of on your hands now. Uh, it was right here in this church where I was first called pastor. I had the opportunity for the first time to consecrate and serve Holy Communion, to baptize, to join many of you in, in marriage, and even invited to help many of you celebrate the life of a loved one who had passed. Those were amazing moments to be a part of, and I'm thankful every day for that. It was you who walked with Holly and I through one of the most profound journeys of our life as we ventured across the globe to meet and adopt our son, Charlie. It was you who supported us and encouraged us and prayed for us. And during one of our darkest and most desperate hours in a hotel room, just the two of us as we cried and we wondered how this story would end, we never felt alone because of you and your thoughts and your prayers and your emails and your text messages and the knowledge that were, there were so many here surrounding us with their love and their care and would go to any great length to help us. That's what a family of faith does. And you did that for us. And now the way in which 
you have welcomed Charlie into this church and, and that you have loved on him and you have cared for him and you have blessed him. The way in which our children and uh, staff and volunteers have just surrounded him with love and care and helped to, to raise him fills my heart with such joy. One of our core values here at First Methodist Mansfield is that shared lives lead to changed lives. And it is so true because I am living proof of that. My life has changed so much over the years and, and so much of that is in thanks to you and the way in which you have shared your life with me. The husband I am today is in many ways thanks to many of the husbands out here who have shared their life with me, who have shared their experience with me. I, the pastor I am today is thanks to many of you who I got to share in pastoral moments with you. I've been invited into your lives. The father I am today is to the many families, the parents that I've got to spend time with and the way in which you have loved and raised your kids and the way in which you have shared uh, those times with me. I'm living proof that shared lives lead to changed lives, and I see it all over the place here. Each of you, as your lives are changed, as you experience change and transition in your life, and the way in which you change and grow through them, and how you, in turn, help others. The way in which many of you share your times of celebration and how you harness that momentum and your faith grew tremendously in those times, how you share with others who are celebrating and you celebrate with them. The way in which you see those that are going through heartbreaking and troubling times and you share with them how you have done the same and through those heartbreaking and troubling times, how you felt God wasn't present. You weren't sure if God was there, but come to find out God was and you've grown through it and you get to share that hope with them. God's hope that God is with them. And the sign of that is that you are with them too. That is amazing to watch the way lives grow and change right here because of the way lives are shared together. And now in addition to becoming a husband and a pastor and a father here, I now get to become a senior pastor. And all of that, all of you that has made me who I am today, all of you and your lives and faith that have been shared with me, that have formed me and transformed me, I get to carry with me to bless a new community and to be blessed by them. It's a new season. It's, a, it's the turning of a page. It's a new chapter in, in our lives. And, and it's, it's the beginning of this new season that is at once very exciting in many ways, I can't wait to see what God has in store down in Hutto. But it's also incredibly sad. It's also incredibly sad. Because as a new season begins, that always means that we must say goodbye to an old season. It's the bittersweet nature of changes such as this, I think is best summed up by uh, the poets of a uh, uh, 90s pop rock band called Semisonic. <laughs> they say that every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Every change we experience in life, 
And life is full of changes and transitions. Every change we experience in life, even the good ones, even the exciting ones, even the ones that we look forward to, come at a price. We lose something. We give something up in the process. As we transition into this new season, one of the two seasons that Texas has, hot and then cold, as we transition into this new season, our son Charlie is so excited, so excited to get the Christmas stuff out, so excited to celebrate, so excited to, to uh, have cold weather, and so excited that Christmas is coming. But then, uh, just the other weekend, as he is going to uh, stay with my parents uh, for the night and asked if he could pack his swimsuit, and we're like, oh, no, <laughs> mm-mm. It's too cold. And he was devastated. As excited as he is about this new season, he was still mourning the loss of the fact that when he goes to grandma and grandpa's house, he gets to swim. Whenever we become husbands or wives, when we become spouses, we, we, we jump into this new season of life that is very exciting, but we do lose things along the way. Our lives change. It's no longer just about us anymore. It's about another person. Our lives are shared now. They are entwined in a way that is connected so deeply. Our lives are not just self-centered anymore. We lose parts of that. And there are parts of that that we, that we miss. But we embrace the new. When we become parents, we give up our lives altogether, right? Like, you, you, you welcome this new season in your life, and, and it, is, it is greater than you could ever imagine, but you do lose things along the way. You can't just go out anymore whenever you want. Things change, and it's okay to mourn those losses, but you embrace that new thing because it makes you better. And now, though our time is over here, it won't be forgotten. Because as we embrace this new exciting thing and as we trust God through that process of embracing the new, we recognize that there is so much, so much here. So much here that we will miss. And it is those times when that sadness comes, when we start to experience that, when those memories come back and we miss you dearly, we won't push them away. We won't set it aside because we're supposed to be excited. We, we will embrace that sadness because what that sadness tells us is that our time together was significant. The life and the experiences that we shared together was important. It's treasured time. These are cherished memories and relationships and experiences that should not be forgotten and will not be forgotten because they have made us who we are. And in remembering those things and, and, bring, and recalling all of those memories that we, we, we get to experience again the joy that we have felt over these 12 years, the joy of getting to know each and every one of you, the joy of the various trips, mission trips and, and ski trips and, and, and beach camps and, and times that we've served together, served together, small groups that we've had, conversations and laughter in the hall. We get to remember with joy and our hearts glow because of it. As we remember our time together and we relish it and we cherish it, we also are filled with gratitude. Thanks for the time that we have shared together. Thanks for our lives that have, have, have helped shape one another. We are, we are grateful to God that has brought us together for this time. 
And it makes us grateful for the time that we have in the present, that we don't just dwell on the past and we don't just worry about the future, but we know because of how grateful we are for the relationships that we had and how cherished those memories are that we need to be present now with the people we are with now because it's happening again. And it brings me hope. Those memories bring such hope that the work that God has done in me in you, in my family, the work that God has done in Hutto is not yet over. That God is continuing to move and work. That as we are not quite aware of God's work always in our present time, as we always see God's work in retrospect, as we can see God's uh, grace and love that is often unseen and, and unnoticed at the time, how it continues to move and work, it's re it reminds me that our hope and our faith is not in any one person. It's not in any one pastor or any one church or relationship or family or congregation or job. That the foundation of our faith is in the unchangeable, unmovable, steadfast love and grace of God that is always at work in everything for the good of those who love him. And that gives us hope that in this new life, in this new transition, that when times are tough, when things are challenging, we can look back on those tough and challenging times that we had here. And while then we weren't sure of it, but now we can look back and say, God has been moving and still moves even when we don't know it. And that fills us with hope and with confidence that that is where our faith rests. And that is what stirs us. So yes, I will embrace that sadness. I will cherish those memories because they are what have shaped me into who I am today. And I get to carry that with me into this new season of life. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the great gift of your lives shared with me. Thank you for the way in which you nurture faith in one another. The way in which you embrace and encourage and invest in the next generation of leaders among you. The way that you have grace for your grace, your patience, and your willingness to make space for young punks like me to come in here and try things and to, and to fail and to try again and to succeed. That is one of the reasons this church is so great. Thank you for that. Thank you for the example that you set for all churches in the way that you serve one another and serve your community so great, uh, graciously and generously and willingly. Thank you for that. Thank you for your continued prayers for me and my family, for the congregation down in Hutto, or Hutto, as they are going through a transition as well. Prayers for uh, Pastor Allen and his family. Thank you for your continued prayers for this church and this community, for each other, for the pastors and leadership and staff, and for Pastor David as he continues to lead faithfully with wisdom and with grace. 
I want to say thank you to all of the pastors, Pastor Sharon and Lauren, Tina, Jim, Pastor Caesar, Pastor Mike. I want to say thank you for companionship, for your wisdom and your care, for the example that you set for me of what it means to be a what it means to others. Oh, see, this, they're trying to cut me off. I've been talking too long. <laughs> like this. Number eight. What it means to love others. To shepherd a flock. And I hope that in all my years of ministry that I get to live up to that example. I want to say thank you to Pastor David. I thought this was going to get easier each time. Thank you for always believing in me. It was 14 years ago when David asked me to join him on staff in Cleburne, and he asked me to lead worship for the youth there, and I told him that wasn't a good idea because I'm not very good at that. I'm the guy who stands in the back and combs his hair over his face and just plays guitar and tries to be cool. And he said, that's fine, but come up here and give it a try anyways. He believed in me and saw something in me that I never saw in myself and invited me to push beyond what I thought was possible, to see the potential that God had placed in me and that the, the path that God had set before me that I was either unable or unwilling to see myself. And for the first time in my ministry, I'm not going to be able to simply walk down the hall to seek your guidance, to dream about ministry, talk about soccer with one of the only other people who cares or watches it. <laughs> David has been my dear friend and mentor through some of the most exciting and painful seasons of my life. And for that, I am forever grateful. And I am quite certain that I would not be standing here today with such confidence and conviction to what God has called me to do if it were not for him and his confidence in me and the opportunities that he has made for me. I'm thankful to my family, to my parents who have loved me relentlessly and provided a solid foundation of grace and love on which to build a life and a ministry. I'm thankful for all of my brothers and my sister-in-law, who are always in my corner. Love y'all. Thankful for my son, Charlie, who's a daily reminder of God's grace and love and wonder, who teaches me every single day what love looks like, teaches me how to be a better pastor and father. I'm incredibly proud of him. And thank you to my beautiful and loving and patient wife. There's nobody on this earth I would rather go on this adventure with than you. I'm so incredibly proud of you. I'm inspired by you. You teach me every day what it means to truly care for others. I am 100% certain that the people of Tuttle are going to tolerate me because of the immense blessing that they will receive from you.
And most importantly, we gather here today, not because of me or because of anybody else here. We gather here today and each and every week to give thanks and praise to God together. From whom all blessings flow, whose hand is guiding us always in life, whose grace abounds and makes broken things whole again. I know that's been true in my life and in many of yours. We come to give our praise and thanksgiving for that love and that grace. And we come to say thank you, God, for the call that you've placed on each of our lives to proclaim the goodness of your kingdom. I'm going to end with these words from the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Philippians. That kind of sum up my thoughts and feelings here. So I guess I could have just done this at the beginning and been done with it. But I thank my God every time I remember you. And all my prayers for all of you I have and will always pray with great joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you and in me will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I feel this way about all of you because I have all of you in my heart, and all of you share in God's grace with me. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God forever. Amen. Thank you all.